In a world that's constantly shouting who you should be, have you ever stopped to think, who am I, really? I wanna take you through eight powerful steps where you're going to uncover the true you. You're going to align with your deepest values and you're gonna come out the other side with a new sense of direction and joy and fulfillment that you may have not felt before. I wanna introduce you to Awaken Me, a journey to finding you, which is a transformative experience. It's crafted by me, Amy Wine, an award-winning marriage and family therapist, professional counselor, and peak performance mindset coach, and a business strategist. I understand how to help people find out who they are at their core. And this is designed to do that past all labels and expectations of other people, of who they think we are, and who they say we should be. So isn't it time to find out who you are and get out from under of all the expectations of the roles you play and who everybody else thinks and says you should be and how you should act? Because I think it's time to awaken your true potential in life. So join me on this journey, hit the link below, and step into a life that you were meant to live. I'll see you inside. Get ready to believe that you can have it all. Time for yourself, the kids, your marriage, and your business. My name is Amy Wine. I am a Jesus-loving, married mom, CEO, professional counselor, marriage therapist, high-performance business coach, and a believer in keeping it real. Real life, real relationships, real people. I teach you how to live a life that represents who you are authentically, not who you think you need to be. Each episode, I meet you right where you are with time-tested tools and strategies so that you can find who you are in all the hats you wear and live your life authentically on purpose. This is real life, raw, sometimes ugly, other times wonderful and fun. I can't promise you this work is easy, but I can tell you it is totally worth it. Are you ready? Let's get started. Someone was recently telling me about an argument that they had had gotten into with their husband. So a bit of a backstory. The wife had been upset for a while that her husband had been spending so much time focused on work. She had grown so tired of the feeling, like she came in second place to her husband's work, and she began to resent his job entirely too much. She mentioned she felt jealous as he thoughtfully chose Christmas gifts for his coworkers after telling her that he didn't want them to spend money on gifts for each other this year. She didn't want to go to his company Christmas party. She let her mind wander when he traveled for work, imagining the worst possible scenarios him cheating, a continued increase in emotional distance happened, not being able to maintain the marriage, and the list goes on and on into a negative override. It overwhelmed her. If she brought up her worries and pain, he seemed to dismiss it. Sometimes he accused her of nagging, and sometimes he made half-hearted promises to shift his priorities. The resentment and discontent gradually increased over the course of another year. The recent argument that nearly resulted in divorce started 
very small, actually. Her perspective was that she had asked him to clean up after himself before traveling for work all week and mentioned her frustration to him after he left without doing any cleaning and then had asked him if he had seen her face cream that she had misplaced. His perspective was that she had been griping at him about something he couldn't fix in that moment and that she had accused him of taking, for all things, her freaking face cream. She said that she didn't mean to hurt him and in that moment wanting him to feel the pain that she felt. And he said things that made her feel unwanted and unable to speak her needs. They both threatened divorce. She threw her wedding ring hard. Like just threw it across the room. They both cried and had distanced themselves again. And ever since, they've been afraid to engage each other for fear of rocking the boat. Because the distance became their safety net, which of course just increases their disconnect, right? Now, that is a lot to unpack in one story. So I want to take a step back with you and I want to look at the progression. The wife and the husband both had displayed negative override as she perceived her husband's work activities as negative and he perceived her question of where her face cream was, even when in reality, those interactions may have been neutral or positive in other circumstances if they weren't a negative override. They danced around the problem. It really wasn't the work or the face cream. They never really hit the problem on the head. The problem was not the face cream or the work, but they danced around the problem, not really hitting it head on because they were not able to fight fair. And because of that, they still had unresolved differences. They were afraid to argue again, fearing that it could become even worse the next time. John and Julie Gottman define negative sentiment override as where your bad thoughts and your partner and relationship overwhelm and override any positive thoughts you have about them. You may start to stockpile your grievances, keeping track of each offense your partner commits. In the meantime, your bad feelings grow faster and faster. In our story above, we focus mostly on the wife's feelings about her husband's work and some of her husband's negative sentiment override to perceive an innocent question as an accusation. Have you seen my face cream? He felt it was an accusation against him. But their negative sentiment override it seeped into other aspects of their relationship as well. When you perceive your partner poorly, you start to constantly see a different version of their worst possible self. Then you start to question whether they're your ideal spouse, mate, lover. You wonder what could have been and focus solely or even mostly you focus on the bad. Focusing on the bad inevitably reinforces those beliefs and kind of snuffs out the things that kept you holding on in your marriage. You're then navigating through the dark. And in that state of mind, it's difficult to perceive present or future memories as positive. As negative sentiment overrides any positive past memory or any potential future positive interaction, it corrodes your marriage. 
our brains are not wired for happiness. They are actually wired for survival. As a protective measure, your brain holds on to times that you feel hurt, betrayed, or upset so they can protect you in the future. Your brain becomes hyper aware of potential threats. You may start viewing neutral or even good things as bad. Over time, your negative bias can cause you to become emotionally guarded and your perception distorted. So when you think of things like, maybe they're respecting your boundary now, but it won't last. Or, oh, she's being nice now, but pretty soon the anger is going to come. Okay, now you've added something nice in there, but you've still got that negativeness in it. And that is what's going to happen when and get your perception distorted. You're going to be emotionally guarded still, right? You're trying to pull out of it, out of the override by saying something nice, but there's a but. She's not angry right now, but it's just a matter of time. He's respecting my boundary right now, but it's just a matter of time before he doesn't. So you're setting people up to fail. You're setting each other up for failure. But let's flip it and take, here's your action. Pull yourself out of negative sentiment override with gratitude. So think of your favorite times with your spouse or even some of the most frustrating because they're not often the big things. Of course, some are. But when we really think about it, we fall in love. We grow up together. We learn who we are. We learn who our spouses are in the small moments. It's the way that they play with the dog or the way that they light up when they see the kids or the way they laugh with you at 2 a.m. eating ice cream in bed. You cannot take those moments for granted, especially when you're in a state of negative override. Gratitude is a natural defense. When you are intentionally seeking out gratefulness, you can begin to retrain your brain. Make it a nightly ritual to find at least one thing you're grateful for regarding your spouse. It can be small, but let it be specific. Time is your next thing you can do. You tend to spend most of your time away from your spouse. When you come home from work and talk logistics, what's for dinner? When can we go to the grocery store? Did we find a babysitter yet? You get the list, right? They are not fun conversations, not quality time. Think. When was the last time you sat face-to-face with your spouse and just talked? Not about money or your to-do lists, but simply had a real conversation with each other. As our lives go on and move forward at work, your relationship can easily feel stagnant if you're not living in the same effort and the same energy. So whatever you water will grow. If you pour your entire watering can into your work life without filling it back up, then you have nothing left for your spouse. When you don't water your relationship, it's going to wither. It's going to fall apart just like the plant does. It's going to die. You have to learn how to fill that watering can back up and save enough emotional energy to help your relationship grow and flourish. A third thing you can do is forgiveness and what I call radical acceptance. Forgiveness is to restore compassion and forgo revenge. It doesn't necessarily mean that you don't feel any resentment at all. It means that you choose to handle it in a loving way and choose to move forward. In this sense, forgiveness is an act of choice that we have to consciously extend continuously. 
It isn't a one-time gift that you give to someone else. It's a commitment. You don't keep your focus on the thing, but you don't have to pretend it doesn't happen. You just have to integrate it into your overall relationship vault with your partner. We don't get to pick and choose what makes up our relationship history. It all serves a purpose. And it's all on a timeline of who you are as a couple. But sometimes you're going to feel triggered. And maybe that's the thing that happened three months ago. Forgiveness is something that you extend continuously. Also, radical acceptance is a deliberate choice to accept reality for what it is. Acceptance doesn't mean that you approve or agree with it or that you surrender to it. You're never going to agree with everything in your lives. It doesn't mean that we don't deny what's happening around us, that we acknowledge it fully without judgment and avoid trying to change what is out of our control. And the end, you get to decide how to move forward or how you want to react. Picture a world where you felt like your mistakes and shortcomings did not seemingly define who you are to your partner. That you being really bad at directions was not used against you to make you feel stupid. In this world of radical acceptance, you're fully accepted. This doesn't mean you aren't held accountable for your actions. You don't get a free pass to do whatever you want. Your spouse talks to you as an equal when they're upset with you and grants you understanding as a flawed human as they they help you gain awareness to work on yourself. Some feel they aren't ready to forget. There are just some things that their spouse has done that forgiveness has a really come a problem. Okay, so the next thing we do in our relationships when we're negative override is dancing around the problem. You know that one issue that keeps coming up in your marriage, that one problem that pops up in a variety of ways, evolving through your marriage and getting you super heated every time you inevitably argue about it with no resolution? We don't particularly like talking about this issue. So what do you do? You dance around it, avoid it. But what happens? That only creates distance between you and your spouse. It increases the tension of the problem when you dance around it and avoid it. As time goes on, it becomes increasingly more difficult to watch your step to not step on the landmine because it might blow up because they just keep growing and growing and growing. So I'm here to tell you, avoiding the fight isn't the key. Working through it is. Hear that again. Avoiding the fight isn't the key to a happy relationship. Working through it is. When you let your relationship issues simmer, there is more room for resentment to brew. That same old issue will keep reappearing over and over and over again. Now, contrary to what you'd like to believe, time does not heal all wounds. Hard work and effort at solving the problem is the only thing to stop the perpetual issue in its tracks. Being able to have hard talks shows strength in your relationship, and there's a way to go about this. So here's your action. Risk-taking and vulnerability. When we hear the word vulnerability, we often think weak. As a society, we view vulnerability as a negative state to be in, but vulnerability actually means to open all the boxes you've tied up in a nice, neat little bow that you had packaged away with no intention of ever pulling out and showing them to someone else. 
that sounds pretty scary. Yep, does to me. Vulnerability is absolutely not the easy thing. (laughs) So if it's not the easy thing, it's definitely not the weak thing. If vulnerability is not the easy thing, it is definitely not the weak thing. There is strength in owning every part of yourself in doing the scary thing. Allowing yourself to be vulnerable is one of the bravest things you can do. Believe it or not, we actually take a lot of risks in our marriage. It's how we actually learn to feel safe. We take risks by stating our needs and speaking our truths, by saying no to our spouse, by disagreeing with our spouse, by being honest, silly, sad, excited, and even saying I love you when times have been pretty tough. And by simply opening yourself up to loving them, not knowing for certain what the future holds. Think about that. Does this sound like your marriage? If not, what's holding you back? What's making you feel stuck? It's often a feeling of fear. We feel fear of what our partner will do, say, or think about those deepest, most honest parts of ourselves. Risk-taking in marriage does not have to be like ripping off the Band-Aid. You could take small steps to share parts of yourself with your spouse, going at your own pace as you open up to them. You can assess your feelings of safety along the way and find what feels comfortable to you. But take accountability. Think about what your typical arguments are with your partner. Chances are you're thinking about what they did. We don't like to think about our contributions to the fight. We like to say what our spouse's contributions are to the fight. Because it doesn't feel good when we got to think of our own stuff. So we deflect the ownership and blame the other person. We become defensive when our spouse holds us accountable for our actions. If you have a hard time identifying your part of the argument or think that you're always the victim... Engaging in some self-reflection and some perspective-taking for your partner. Refrain from becoming defensive. Just don't do it. Stop doing it. Consider how you made your partner feel. Saying sorry is one simple part, but you have to be truly sincere. You have to truly acknowledge your role without pointing fingers at them. Solely focused on what you are sorry for and a real change of behavior are necessary for a real apology. But make sure you're not accepting responsibility for things that are truly not in your control. Sometimes your spouse can cast misplaced blame at you. If this is the case, that means your partner is not accepting ownership and is instead deflecting the responsibility onto you. So you're going to have to discern and assess whether or not you're at fault from an honest, non-judgmental stance. Pull yourself back from it. Because sometimes things just happen. Not everything is automatically someone's fault and doesn't warrant apology. Just keep that in mind. I just gave you six ways to help pull yourself out of your marriage and get rid of negative override. You don't have to live there. Don't let small things become big things. So just to recap, number one, gratitude. Be thankful for the things that are positive. 
Number two, spend time with your spouse, not with your to-do list and what all the activities you've got to do, but really spend time connecting and talking to them. Number three, forgiveness and radical acceptance. Six, quit dancing around the problem. You can't avoid it. It doesn't go away. It just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. But then you have to take action. You have to be a risk taker to a certain extent and have a vulnerability in your relationship, which can be scary. But now you've learned how. And then finally, you just have to take accountability. That's all there is to it. Own your stuff. Don't own somebody else's junk. Own your stuff. Take one of these at a time, small steps often, your marriage, your relationships will change. And if you're an overwhelmed CEO, think about how this applies in your work environment with your team, your coworkers, your board, all of the things. Because I guarantee you, it comes in into areas that are not just your relationship. Have a great day. Okay, that wraps up today's episode of Couch Time with Amy Wine. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're interested in continuing conversations just like these, visit my website at amywine.com. There you will find additional resources for high-achieving, Jesus-loving, married moms just like you and the different ways that we can work together. Thanks for tuning in. See you here next week. Are you feeling like your marriage is more about going through the routine than the romance? Just the day-to-day drudgery of all the things and the chaos that surround you that you have to do? You're not alone. Hi, I'm Amy Wine, your marriage and family therapist and founder of Thrive Life TV. And we get it. Impact-driven achievers like you deserve a marriage that is just as successful as your business and your career. Your marriage is about more than just staying together. It's about growing together, laughing together, and reigniting the spark that makes you partners in every sense of the word. That is where Thrive Life TV steps in. Join me for exclusive sessions. We're gonna tackle real life marriage challenges. From reigniting passion to deepening your emotional connection. We're talking real change, real results. It is time to transform your marriage into a thriving partnership that you both deserve. On Thrive Life TV, you're going to find practical strategies, shared experiences, and that extra push you need. Are you ready to up-level your marriage? Visit thrivelifetv.com. And let's bring the joy and love and yes, the fun back in your marriage. I'll see you inside.